0: says, all scripture, that's the scripted word, is, not was, meaning it is right now, given by inspiration of God. So, it doesn't matter how many arguments you give me about men translated this, or men found these manuscripts and not these manuscripts, and none of that matters to me. What matters to me is that it was given by God it was given by inspiration of god and if it's inspired of god we don't have to worry about man and is profitable now here's the seven things doctrine number 1 reproof number 2 for correction number 3 for instruction and righteousness number 4 that the man of god may be perfect number 5 truly furnished number 6 unto all good works. I'd say that the word of God, the scriptures are pretty important, wouldn't you? All right, go to Philippians 2. Philippians chapter 2. See what we find in the 16th verse. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 16. Here's what it says concerning the word of God. It is is the word of life. Bible says, holding forth, the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. It is our duty as Christians to hold forth the word of life. And that is referred, we have to make it known all over the world. And it's the gospel is referred to here as the word of life. You don't want to stand before God and all of a sudden you just realize your whole race has been in vain. You've labored in everything and anything except holding forth the word of life. And when you hold forth the gospel, the word of life, it stands in direct opposition to every single philosophy of man, every single religious system that you can think of. Bible says you don't have to turn there in John 6, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to hold forth the word of life. I'm looking forward to doing that in 2023. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3, Jesus, he's the savior of life unto life. That's pretty good. Bible call it says that we are witnesses. Bible says that we are the light of the world. This word of life, this gospel is what the lighthouse is to the mariner that's out to sea. That is what the gospel is to this dark world. They don't know where they're going. they don't know how they're getting there. they just know. But we tell them or don't tell them, so we've got to hold it forth. We've got to hold it forth. I don't want anybody in this town to go to hell because Pilgrim Baptist Church didn't hold forth the word of life to them. I don't want anybody walking around this town that can't look and find the lighthouse like a ship at sea would. So we need to hold it forth. Have you ever known? Maybe you have. Some deathbed conversions, but for the most part, have you have you met many people that just get saved and all, and all of a sudden just the Lord calls them home? It's not like salvation is oh okay yes we're going to have a home in heaven, but it's not like you get saved and then we immediately go to heaven. We're still here. What does that tell you? God has us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to hold forth the word of life. <laughs> We have to do it because nobody else is going to do it. It's only His people, God's people, His church. Go to Romans one. Well, I just think you know there's other ways, and yeah, there are other ways, and you learn them when you go to weekend seminars by some church called the Catalyst. That, 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 of course, there's other ways, but they're not biblical ways. Someone says I've got another way or i got a better way. If it's, th- if it's not from this manual, I don't believe that it has any power. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, we all know this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, what is it? The gospel of Christ is what? The power of God. It's not of men. It's the power comes from God. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also To the Greek, it's divine power that comes from the Lord. What is is its objective? Its objective is salvation. What about its power? Its power isn't impartial. What does it say in here? To everyone that believeth. It's to everyone. It's not impartial power. We all understand that, I trust. But the power is conditional, because what, what must we do? It says it is uh, the power of God unto salvation to everyone that what? Believe it. Believe it. So we hold forth the word of life, number one. Number two, it is the power of God. It's impartial power, although it's, it's divine power. It's impartial it's to everyone. But the power is conditional upon those that believe. How many times have you witnessed to someone, or have attempted to witness to someone? I don't believe that. Okay. Nonetheless, we better be ready to. We better be ready to hold it forth and preach it. Go to Hebrews four. We see the word of God. It is the word of life. It is power. Let's look at Hebrews. Let's see what it says here in the fourth chapter, Hebrews chapter number four. Verse number 12, Hebrews 4.12, the third principle concerning God's word, at least for this morning. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and and marrow, and is a discerner Of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is a living book that's unlike any other book. And it will search your heart. And it will search my heart. And anybody that opens it up and reads it, it'll search their heart. That's what it does. A lot of descriptive adjectives there. No other book lives and breathes like this book. No other book speaks and pleads like this book. No other book conquers and stirs like this book. No other book is more alive and relevant than this book. No other book is more fresh and full of power than this book. I'm talking about the book. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's both the oldest book and the newest book. More interactive than any picture book man can create. It's the word of God. Two-edged sword, that means it doesn't have a dull edge. It'll cut you both ways. That's the book I want to believe. That's the book I want to preach. That's the book I want to hold for. It'll cut your conscience. It'll speak to your heart. Doctors even tell us that there's certain drugs that just don't affect people. Not this book. This book is above any... Any drug that mankind can come up with. Allergy season. Some people take a certain allergy medicine, and, man, it helps them out. Other people, they take that same allergy medicine. Man, that didn't do nothing for me. Not so with God's book. It'll do something for somebody as long as they open up and read. That's why we hold it for That's what we want to stand on in 2023. You ever felt dead? Get in the word of God. That book's a lie. You ever felt weak? Get in the word of God. That's where the power is. You ever feel like the preacher's too busy for you? He's out of town. He's doing this. He's doing that. Get in the word of God. That'll speak to your heart. You want an unbiased approach? Go to the word of God. The word of God won't discriminate. You might get a biased opinion from me. I might get a biased opinion from you. Not from the word of God. Not from the word of God. What does that verse tell us in Hebrews 4? We should filter everything through the word of God and be better for it. Number four, let's go back to the book of Psalms. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Look at verse 105. Psalms 119, 105. Bible says, Thy word, watch what it is now, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you would agree that we all need a guide through this life? We all do. I mean, I'm looking around and I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six people that have glasses on. Why? Because we, we need assistance to see. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what God's word is to us as Christians. It's glasses. It helps us see where we're going. I'm telling you, your eyes are going to fail you. Not God's word. Not God's word. You can be blind physically, yet have the light of God's word to help you. And it doesn't matter what path you're on. You say, well, I'm in the old path, not in the young path anymore. It doesn't matter. It don't matter if you're in the rich path or the poor path. It doesn't matter. God's word is a lamp under your feet, a light, your path. Employer, employee, single person, married person, student and business professional alike. That's the word of God. It stands to warn you. We talked earlier that ship at sea can look and see that lighthouse, that light, and it gives him direction, knowing that he can get to the, the harbor safely. He'll know how to steer, which way to go. I'm telling you, young people especially, the application for you is this book will help you not make a shipwreck of your life. That's the word of God. Older folks say, well, I've already lived my life and I haven't made a shipwreck out of it. Most of them will testify to you that they stuck with the book. (laughs) And most of the regret that you will hear from the senior saints will be, I got away from what the Bible says, and I did it my way. That's always the story. Every every senior saint I've spoken to stick with the book. It'll be a light. And also, thy word is a lamp under my feet and light under my path. We've all heard that it's a Christian walk, right? And we how do we walk? We walk step by step. And when it says a lamp under under, under my uh <laughs> lamp under my feet, that helps to show you that each step you're staying on the right path. You know how it goes if you've hiked any of the trails in Tennessee. You get on the you get on the right path. And you're hiking down through the path. It's not like you can't get off of that path. You can. And you have to let your kids know, especially. I mean, you can't even take little ones to some of the places unless you've got them strapped to you, because they slip and fall. That's it. They take one step over to the right and to the left. That's it. Go ahead and close this book, and you'll end up stepping so far off the path you won't know the Bible from third base, and it'll just it'll that'll be the, the ruin of, of your life. It says, my feet. See that in verse 105? It says, my path. Don't walk in my footsteps. I'm not walking in your footsteps. You know what I got? You know what you got? A personal walk. My feet. My path. This is a personal, intimate walk that you and I as Christians have with God. And if you're walking, that means you're moving doesn't mean you're sitting still well preacher i can't get around like i used to but uh, (laughs) you can still reach five you can still pray you know what all the senior saints are doing All the stuff that the younger saints say, you know, we really ought to do more of. Well, they're already doing the more. of. (laughs) We we want to get out, move and do the physical stuff. And we tend to put aside. Yeah, we'll pray later. We'll pray 20 minutes. uh, Some other time. Right now, I've only got two. Don't we do that? The idea is you've got to keep moving. It's a walk. It isn't I'm just going to stand still. Also, walking involves moving forward. The Christian life is an advance. The Christian life is a holding forth. The Christian life is a walk. The Christian life is not a retreat moving backwards, getting into a a little dark cave. No, there's no light there. This is a walk where light is provided. Praise the Lord. What do we see it's the word of God, it's the word of life, it is power, it searches the heart, it's a lamp and a light. Go to number five in First Peter, chapter number one. First Peter, chapter number one, verse number 23. First Peter, one. Verse 23. Word of God will save you. Bible says. Let's start at verse 24. Well let's start at verse 23. No let's start at verse 22. Seeing you have your. Have purified your souls. In obeying the truth. Through the spirit and the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Now, you can't do that without a purified soul. That's why there's wars and fightings and and, and all of that. You've got to have your soul purified. And that's what we have. Verse 23, being born again. John 3, 7, you must be born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. here, Here it is. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Every decade, they had it my parents' day, they had it my grandparents' day, they had it my day, they had it my kids' day, they're gonna have it my kids' day. Every decade, they're gonna have some guru that's gonna show you how to get personal power. And he's going to show you all the self-help stuff. And you're going to get real excited. And you're going to get yourself some hustle muscle. And it's all going to fade away and fail because it's corruptible and it don't work. So instead of spending $2,000 for a seminar with Tony Robbins, come to a good New Testament church and get the truth. <laughs> and invest that two grand in missions or something that your local church needs. Well, the preacher might get some of it. People have no problem giving that to Tony Robbins. Correct. Why are you upset at the preacher? You'd be more upset at these gurus lying to everybody, telling them, yeah, just follow me. I'll show you how to make a lot of money and be successful and be liked by everybody and then die and go to hell. That's the message that they preach. I'm thankful I've got a purified soul. I'm thankful that I've been born again by the spirit of God and then the Bible says kind of sums up what we just talked about for all flesh is as grass probably right about this time is when people start longing for the spring because they want some fresh grass there's just something deadening about Grass faded. There's something deadening about all the animals can eat is just dead grass and. when that springtime comes, boy oh boy, you see them frolicking and jumping and just loving it. Why? They don't have to eat the dead, dry hay anymore. I got some. I got a green, fresh salad. Something about that. Grass withered, flower thereof falls away. But the word of the Lord. endureth forever. And this is the word. Which by. The gospel. Is preached. Unto you. It's a supernatural change. Except the man be born. Of water and of the. Spirit. It's a supernatural birth. You all know. That. And this birth. It's birthed out of the word of life. The gospel is under the likeness of God. You don't have to turn there for the sake of time, but 2 Corinthians says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into what? The same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Our likeness cannot change unless God is in it and does it. Everybody knows with January it's the month of New Year's resolution. I resolve to not eat chocolate cake. I resolve to only eat Fruits and vegetables, and everything that the keto experts tell me. I resolve to follow the Savior. (laughs) That should be our resolution. Because we need to be changed. The only thing that's really going to change us is the Spirit of God. That's where true life change happens, getting more and more. Informed his image it's a lasting image therefore if any man be in christ he is what a new creature old things are passed away behold all things are become new are your affections new they should be are your interests new are your the songs that you sing are they new is your dress code new is 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 the thoughts that you have new are your friends new See verse 23 in 1 Peter? First three words, it says being born again. Now, men may not think of it this way, but I'm going to compel you to think of it this way. Women can relate to this very easily. Because I would guess when women read that verse, they probably think, I do not want to go through the pains of childbirth again. I thought that was all behind me. Who wants to be born again? I'm telling you, there is some labor pains. Before you are born again spiritually, you are going to go through the anguish of the labor pains. There is going to be some conviction about sin, and there is definitely going to be some wrestling with God, and you are going to have some anguish and pain over your condition, Before God. You're being born again. There's pain in that. And this idea that you're just going to repeat this prayer. And we're going to attract you with some bells and whistles. We're going to make you feel real good. And get your emotions real high. We're going to dangle a carrot at the end of the stick. And then somehow. Some 22 year old youth preacher is going to sign your Bible. And tell you that you were saved that is wrong. Uh, there's some convic- conviction and wrestling and anguish that happens before anyone gets that's what happens during a birth that's a birth being born again number six go to Ephesians five not going to pick on any of the husbands or wives this morning, so everybody can just exhale. <laughs> we're we're going we're to talk about the sixth principle, which is the word of God cleanses. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. How? With the washing of water. By the word. If you have one lamp in your room. Which most people have at least one house. One room in their house. Where they've got a lamp. And you turn that lamp on at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And you're like man that's bright. It lights up the whole room. And that's true until you take it outside and you turn it on. You realize it's not really as bright as I thought it was. You got one flower in a pot with some potting soil on your porch. And you look out and say, man, that flower is just beautiful. And it is. Until you go to one of these big garden conservatories and you see all the beautiful flowers and you think, well, I got my one little measly flower. (laughs) In perspective, the view is different. You know what one individual Christian can be? A light to somebody. A light to a family. A light to a small group of people. You know what his church can be? A glorious light that lights the entire world. We walk out in the street corner and we hold forth the word of life. Great. Now draw back the lens and look at that in perspective of all of God's people around the entire world standing forth with the word of life. That's God's garden conservatory, if you will. And you know what he's spending time with? Okay. You all know we're pre-everything. Pre-millennial, right? Pre-tribulation. We're the pre-crowd. Okay. But you know what? God is going to turn back and deal with a nation Nash, on a national scale with national judgment based on, pe- based on how people treated his nation. He's going to turn back to that. And there's going to be a, one more week of prophecy that is yet to be fulfilled. Dispensationalism. you don't like that word, rightly dividing the word of truth. We'll use a Bible word, okay? So we're right, we're right divisionists. If, if people don't like dispensation. You got you, you, you put four, five, six different dispensation teachers on it, they all got a different take on something. So we'll just say we're right divisionists. Okay, so we got that thought. Now put that thought aside, and I want you to grab this thought now. You know what God's trying to do right now? Iron out every spot and wrinkle that his church has. And make it glorious so he can hold forth the word of life. That is what he is doing now. He's concerned about his bride. He's concerned about his church. And the same way a husband is concerned about his wife, he's not going to take her out in public and make her look like a fool. And say... Look at this spot. Look at this wrinkle. Look at this flaw. Look at this flaw. Look at this sin. Look at this. What husband would do that? Unfortunately, nowadays, there are some knuckleheads that do that. And you know what God wants to do? He wants us to hold forth his word, preach his gospel. And when we go out there, he's not looking to embarrass us. He's looking, what he wants to do is iron out all the wrinkles Take away all of the spots and present it so that the world sees him. It's for his glory. Right now, God, through his delicate care and his delicate love, is just trying to pull out some weeds. That doesn't mean anybody's coming out of the church. It's just meaning he's trying to make it look all pretty and nice. So that it's glory. For his glory. The cleansing. The delicate washing. How does that occur? Word. Word. The washing of water by the word. The word cleanses. Last one. Go to Luke 21. Luke 21. Last one. We'll be done. Bible says in Luke 21, verse 33, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Same in Matthew 24, 35, same, same thing. Jesus said they're not going anywhere. You know how many people have tried to burn the Bible? How many people have tried to get rid of the Bible? Well, there's more of the older manuscripts, and they're older, and they're more, so they've got to be better. Maybe the good ones were the ones they were trying to take up and burn. It's not going to go in. And I just trust God's promise. His word will not pass away. Psalm 12, the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them. Well, what about this translator? What about this man? He had a flaw in his life. He said that he would keep them. Our faith and our hope and our trust is not in the translator. O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The preservation of his word is what he took upon himself. And the same way that he uses us to show forth the word of life, we don't do the saving. He that winneth souls is wise. I'm not soul winning. He is the almighty wise God. He is the one that wins the soul. We go out and preach, hold forth the word of life. The gospel is the power of God and salvation. And he that winneth souls is wise. He's the wise one. Well, I just can't go out door knocking. I just can't go out witnessing. I just couldn't talk to my old buddy. I couldn't, I couldn't talk to my workmate. I just couldn't. There are so many flaws and sins in my life, Lord. I just couldn't. That's not what God tells us to do. You go out there. He'll start taking out the iron. Start iron out some wrinkles. Same with his word. Well, this translator did this. This translator had this wrong. This translator said, our faith and trust isn't in the translator. God just used them for his glory because he promised he would preserve his word. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. And by the way, that's not found in the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay? This counsel, This counsel is going to stand forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Want to know God's heart? Find it in his word. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever. The truth of the Lord endureth forever. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand for ever.